Hello, this is Ali Shobi. We are continuing today uh, the fourth chapter of the Laws of Kosher Slaughter. Um, these halachot uh, will deal with uh, the people who are fit uh, to do shahita and whose shahita we are permitted to eat. A Jewish person who does not know the five things that invalidate the kosher slaughter, these five things we saw in the previous chapter, uh, which are in brief uh, pausing or uh, slaughtering uh, in a with force as opposed to in a slicing motion, or in the incorrect location above uh, the end of the trachea, or if a person inserted the knife in between the trachea and the esophagus, and the fifth is hadada, is ikur, um, if the either the trachea or the esophagus was uprooted from its uh, place. Uh, so anyone who doesn't know these five things that invalidate the kosher slaughter and other laws like them of the laws of shahita, uh, of kosher slaughter that we have already explained, um, Right, these include things like uh, how to check the knife, uh, what things make a knife uh, improper for slaughtering, and so on. Uh, it, so a Jewish person who does not know these things and then goes and slaughters on his own without any uh, one supervising him, it is prohibited to eat from his slaughtered meat, uh, both for him and for others, meaning for, he, even he may not eat from his own meat. And this is close to being a nevela, a case of uh, a an animal that was not slaughtered properly, out of doubt, right? Out of doubt because we don't know if he did it properly or not because he doesn't know what is proper and what is improper, and no one was there to uh, see what he did. Um, so it's close to being uh, like that. Nevertheless, uh, from the Torah, it is not a nevelah, and uh, uh, since he did he did slaughter, uh, even if we don't know if he did it properly or not, uh, therefore it's only prohibited by rabbinic prohibition, and a person who eats from this meat, we give him uh, lashes of rebelliousness, meaning that it's a rabbinic prohibition. Al-Chabbeth. And even if he had already slaughtered in front of us four or five times, uh, and he did a valid slaughtering those four or five times, meaning so he has comfort, right? He like he has done a proper slaughter before. He knows what it's supposed to be like, more or less, and he feels comfortable doing it. Um, and even if uh, this shahita that he did now uh, alone, without any supervision, he did it properly and fully the way that he knows to do, it's still prohibited to eat from his from this meat. Since uh, this guy doesn't know the laws uh, or the things that uh, the laws that invalidate 
the, the, the slaughter. It is possible that he might have done a mistake and uh, made the uh, made the slaughter invalid, and he didn't, and he's not aware that he did so, uh, since he doesn't know the laws, right? So it could be that he waited, or that he pushed instead of slicing, or that he slaughtered with a knife that was uh, that had a a bump, uh, and so on and so forth, and all this he did intentionally. Um, because now, on the other hand, if we have a Jewish person who knows the laws of kosher slaughter, uh, he may not uh, do the slaughter on his own to begin with. He may only uh, to begin with uh, until he has slaughtered in front of a hacham, uh, in front of a scholar who knows these laws multiple times uh, until he reaches a situation where he is. Uh, he feels comfortable and he does this quickly uh, and he knows what he's doing, um, right? So it's not sufficient to only know the laws. You also need to have, you also need to be in practice and be comfortable with uh, slaughtering. Um, but if he did slaughter uh, even alone, his slaughter is kasher, it is valid, uh, right? We do say that it is permitted, that it is valid, and you may eat that meat, uh, even though he's not uh, in practice. Uh, since he knows the laws, he does know to say that he did it properly or improperly. A person who knows the laws of kosher slaughter and has also slaughtered in front of a hafam until he becomes in practice and until it becomes uh, regular, uh, normal for him, then this person is called a mumche. He is called an expert. Um, right? So he has both of these qualities, that he knows the laws and that he is practiced. And... Any, and all experts are permitted to slaughter to begin with, even without supervision. Right? If you're an expert, you may slaughter on your own without any problems. And even women or slaves who are experts, uh, even women or slaves, if they were experts, they may slaughter also to begin with. <laughs> A deaf mute or a person who's lost his sanity or a child or a, uh, a drunk uh, who has lost his, whose mind isn't with it, all four of these people who are all not considered to uh, be of uh, proper cognitive ability, 
right? So all four of these people, if they slaughtered, their slaughter is invalid uh, since they don't have uh, their cognitive ability. So they might have messed up the slaughter, even if they are mumhim, meaning so even if they know all the laws and they're in practice, they are not trusted to say that what they did did not violate one of the things that invalidate the shahita. Since they don't have proper cognitive ability, uh, they may have done one of the things that invalidates the shahita, and they weren't and and they don't have the ability to say that this is what they did. Uh, so we don't trust their shahita. But therefore, if they're if they slaughtered in front of someone who does know, and that person uh, saw. Uh, then slaughter properly, then their slaughter is valid. Meaning, so there's no problem, there's no inherent problem with them doing a slaughter. It's just that we don't have faith in the fact that they uh, slaughter, that they didn't violate one of the things that invalidates the shahita. So if someone else saw that they didn't, and we then we can trust, if we saw, if there's someone else who saw them, who supervised them, and he says that they slaughtered properly, then we uh, can trust him and their slaughter is valid. A person who we don't know, um, who slaughtered uh, alone, so we ask him, right? We don't know him, so we don't know if he knows the, the laws of that invalidate the slaughter. So we ask him, and if it ends up being that he does know the main points of the laws of slaughter, of kosher slaughter, then his uh, his slaughter is valid. Uh, right? He he passed the test, so we can trust him. Uh, uh, so too, if we saw a Jewish person from afar, and he slaughtered, and then he just left the animal there, and we don't know if he knows the laws of shahita or if he doesn't know the laws of shahita, and we couldn't ask him because he he left. This meat is per, is permitted. And so too, a person who says to his messenger, go and slaughter this uh, uh, cow for me. And then he, uh, the person who sent the messenger comes and see and finds this animal that had already been slaughtered. And he doesn't know if it's his messenger who slaughtered it or if some other person slaughtered it. This too is permitted. Uh, in all of these laws, the reason is uh, that because, because most of the people who are found uh, to conduct slaughter we uh, are generally experts right so we we have we have a presumption that if something if an animal has been slaughtered it's most likely been slaughtered by an expert because a person who isn't an expert probably won't pick up a knife and slaughter um, and in this case uh, it goes according to Rov. 
עבד לו גבי או טרנרון ומשאו שחוט, בבית מותר שרוב המצויין יעשה לשחיטה ומכין הם. משאו בשוק אסור שמא נתנבל ולפיכך הושלך. וכן אם משאו באשפה שבבית אסור. If he lost a, uh, a young goat, a kid, or uh, he lost a chicken, and he found them uh, slaughtered, all right, so he lost them when they were alive, and then he found them and they had been slaughtered. If he finds them in the house, in, in a house, then it is permitted. Uh, because of this principle that we just said, that mo- most of the people who slaughter are experts. If he found it in, in public, in the, in the market, then it is prohibited because we suspect uh, lest it, uh, the shahita wasn't done properly and it became a nevela, uh, and, that, and, therefore, and that's why it was thrown out, right? So usually you're not going to have a slaughtered uh, kid in the, in the, like out in, and thrown out in public. So we assume that it wasn't done properly and that therefore the animal is prohibited and that's why the shofet threw it out. That's why the butcher threw it out. And so too, if we find it in the garbage in the house, it is also prohibited. Uh, since here also, we assume that the person who slaughtered it uh, understood that it was prohibited and that's why he threw it out. A, an expert who had become mute, um, right, uh, remember the Hiresh, even though in modern Hebrew Hiresh means a, a deaf person, in Halakha Hiresh means a deaf mute, both who can't hear and who can't speak. So here in this Halakha we have uh, the people who are not Hiresh, but they only have one of the two uh, things, right? So either, so a, an expert who uh, had became mute and can't speak, but he can understand and hear, right? Since he has one of the functions, we assume that, so his, uh, his cognitive abilities are, he's capable, cognitive, uh, cogn- cogn- cognitively he's capable. Uh, this person is permitted to slaughter uh, even even to begin with. Uh, we don't, uh, right? And there's no problem with that. And so too, someone who cannot hear, but can speak, this person may also slaughter. Um, I'll just make a point out uh, here that there are, uh, that many people incorrectly read into Rambam and because of uh, uh, things that he says in Hilchot Berachot and Hilchot Terumah, regarding a uh, deaf-mute person who may not give terumah tehila, um, and many people incorrectly read into that, that the reason is because he cannot say the beracha, right? Even if if he's mute, he can't say the beracha, and if he's deaf, then even if he says the beracha, he can't hear himself say the beracha, and therefore he shouldn't slaughter tehila, since you need to bless uh, in such a way that you can hear yourself. Uh, here in this halakha, we see explicitly that that reading into Rambam is an incorrect reading, um, but rather that the halakha there is only there and not to be expanded to all other places regarding uh, mute people or deaf people, 
uh, but not people who are both deaf-mute, uh, people who have only one of those problems, that should not be extended to all misvot that require bercha. Uh, that is uh, incorrect according to Rabbeinu. Uh, a blind person may not slaughter may not slaughter to begin with uh, unless other people see supervise him uh, right since he can't see what he's doing he might have done something improperly and he wouldn't know uh, so we require that someone else supervises him but if he did slaughter uh, even on his own then uh, we his shahita is kashira. His slaughter is valid, since we do not say that a blind person is not uh, cognitively incapable. Right? We say that he still is bardat. He still has his cognitive abilities. Uh, therefore, we uh, do trust him to say that I, that he didn't uh, do something improperly, and therefore his slaughter is valid. Anchatet. A non-Jewish person who slaughters Right, a foreign person who slaughters, even though he slaughtered in front of a Jewish person and he slaughtered with a knife that was proper, that was um, properly uh, checked and sharpened. Uh, even if this non-Jewish person were a child, his shahita, his slaughter is a nevela, right? Uh, from the Torah, it is considered a slaughter that was not done properly. And a person who eats from the, the meat of uh, an animal that was slaughtered by a non-Jew receives lashes for eating it. And he receives these lashes from the Torah, as the Pasuk says, and he will call out to you and you will eat from his slaughtering. Right? Um, the Torah here in Shemot says this as a uh, as an admonition, right? That May, that this might happen, right? So it says it in a negative way, right? So Rabbeinu says, since uh, the Torah warns about this, uh, lest you might eat from his uh, slaughtered, uh, slaughtered meat, from here you can see his slaughtered meat is prohibited, right? Because otherwise the Torah wouldn't say, and lest you come to eat from his slaughtered meat. Uh, and this is not similar to a uh, to a Jewish person who does not know the laws of shahita, right? As we saw above, a person who does not know the laws of shahita is only close to a safek nevela, and this and that was a rabbinic prohibition. This is a uh, interpretation from a pasuk, and therefore is biblically considered to be a nevela, a full nevela, not even a nevela out of doubt, uh, and therefore it's prohibited. Um, Right? And, uh, and they made a big fence regarding this thing. Uh, or I don't want to say a fence because that uh, uh, these connotations of a decree. This is still the biblical 
the biblical prohibition, right? And so the the uh, the contours of this pro of of this prohibition is so great that even a non-Jew who does not worship idol who does not do idol worship, even his slaughter is a nevela, um, right? Because the essential problem here is that a non-Jewish person may have a the intentions of slaughtering this uh, in the name of one of his gods or something like this, as we've already seen in previous chapters, um, right? So because of that problem, uh, that, that's, the, that's the, the primary problem that we're worried about. Um, but Rabbeinu uh, comes here to say that it's not only that, even a non-Jew who doesn't worship Abu Nazara, uh, his shahidah is also invalid, just like he said before, oh, and even if he's a child, Right, he doesn't know what he's doing, so he's not—he's not really worshiping, right? Because he doesn't really have uh, cognitive capabilities. Uh, all of these cases, their shahita is a nebula. And the right? And this is very much like the case with wine—that uh, even a non-Jew who doesn't, uh, who who isn't an idol worshiper, also prohibits the wine. It's the same thing here. If a non-Jewish person started uh, to slaughter uh, a uh, bit of the of the simanim, a bit of the two pipes, right, a bit of the cracking the esophagus, and then a Jewish person came and finished the shahita, or if a Jewish person started and then a non-Jewish person came and finished the shahita, then this uh, slaughter is invalid uh, because we say that there that there is of uh, slaughter from the beginning until the end, meaning that the slaughter is considered to be one uh, one entire uh, unit, right? It's one uh, process. So if at any point uh, the, the goy uh, intervened, so then, uh, so then he kind of invalidates the entirety of the process and the whole thing becomes invalid, right? The opposite opinion would have been that and then it's only the person who finishes who is significant, but that's not the halakha. The halakha is that at any point, uh, at any point of intervention by the non-Jew, it makes it prohibited. But if the non-Jew slaughtered uh, an amount that does not make it in nevela, such as if he slaughtered only half of the trachea alone, and then a Jewish person came and finished, and this is a valid slaughter, right? Since uh, cutting into uh, up to half of the trachea doesn't mean anything, right? It, even if you stop and then take out the knife and come and slaughter the same animal half a year later, that's still fine. It doesn't make it a nevela, nor does it make it a terifa, uh, and it is inconsequential. Uh, from here, we can see that the miuta simanin, uh, the minority of the of the uh of the two pipes does not mean a minority of the 
uh, like less than 50%. It means that it crosses this 50% of the Kwaneh or even a little bit of the Veshet, right? Because we said that a little bit of the Veshet also makes it a Nevela, um, right? He does that amount. So a majority of the of the trachea or a little bit of the Veshet. Uh, and that is what uh, makes it prohibited. A Jewish person who is Meshumad for any sin of all of the 613 uh, Right, Meshumad here means that he, as Rabbeinu defined in the in middle of Hilchot Teshuvah, uh, Meshumad is someone who uh, has kind of deleted a commandment from his mind. Right, meaning there's one commandment that that he, he says I don't do that commandment. Right, uh, but he does it not out of uh, because it's too hard for him or because he, he can't do it or something like that. Rather. Uh, out of anger, right? He does. He does it intentionally in in order to anger, right? Uh, I disagree with this commandment. So this commandment specifically, I uh, I uh, I don't do that one, right? That is a meshumad for an averamin averot, right? So such a person who is an expert, he is permitted to slaughter even a chatehila uh, to begin with, but a Jewish person who is uh, uh, but a but a Jewish person who is who is kasher, meaning who is not mishumad an right? A person who we trust and uh, is not invalidated for uh, any reason. Uh, he must first check the knife, uh, and then he should give the knife to this mishumad. Uh, that he should slaughter with it because our presumption is that he is not going to take he's not going to bother and check right uh so even though he's permitted to slaughter uh on his uh, uh on his own um we don't trust him to check the knife properly so we require someone else to do that but if he is a mishumad, not for any avira, not for any transgression, but specifically for the transgressions of avodazara, of idol worshipping, or if he was a person who uh, desecrated Shabbat in public, or if he were a mean, a mean is, as we saw in Hechot Teshuvah, is a type of heretic who either thinks that uh, there is no God, or that there is a God, but he is more than one, uh, or that there is a God, but he also has a body. Uh, right? Any of these uh, like idol-worshipping type of ideas. Have conceptus Torah and and Moshe, our teacher. All right, since 
the Torah and Moshe have told us what God is, right? And we know that he is one and he doesn't have a body and so on and so forth. Uh, at, all this as Rabbeinu has explained in the laws of Teshuvah. So such a person, he is considered like a non-Jew uh, and his shahita is a nevela, right? And, and is prohibited from the Torah. And Chayyot Bet. A person who is invalidated uh, for uh, testimony uh, because of any prohibition of, of the Torah, right? So a person, for example, who uh, violated any prohibition, like eating basar bechalab or something like this. He violates any prohibition of the Torah uh, and makes himself invalidated as a witness. This person is permitted to slaughter even alone, uh, so long as he is an expert, uh, because such a person is uh, is not going to. Uh, he's not going to. Uh, 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 leave a thing that is permitted and eat something that is prohibited, right? Meaning he's going to, uh, he's still going to uh, be careful about not eating prohibited, not doing prohibited actions besides for this one thing that he uh, messes up on, uh, right? The difference between this person and the per and the Mishumah that we saw in the previous halacha is that the previous person is that this person does uh, he tr violates a certain transgression out of uh, either it was too difficult for him or uh, he fell uh, for, to his uh, to his desires or anything like this not but he did, but he understands that he's doing something wrong he's not uh, like deleting a mitzvah from his mind right. So this person, okay, so he had a problem with this specific mitzvah. We don't assume, though, that he's going to uh, to violate every other mitzvah. Because this is a presumption that we have about all Jews, and even the wicked among them, right? Even uh, people who sin among them, we have presumption among, about all of Israel that they're not going to uh, just do a prohibited action. And these followers of Saduk and Baitos, who are two people in uh, the early Tanaitic period who uh, were kofer right? They uh, rejected the entirety of the oral tradition, right? So these followers of them, and so too all uh, others who err after them, who do not uh, uh, believe in the oral Torah, uh, right? This includes, for example, Karaites, uh, their slaughter is prohibited. Uh, and it, But if they slaughtered in front of us, then it is permitted, because since the only reason that, uh, that their 
slaughter is prohi prohibited is only because we suspect that they might have uh, uh, messed up the shahita, right? They might have done one of the things that invalidates the shahita, right? And since they don't believe in the in uh, the entire Torah of shahita and the entire the the whole legal instruction, all all the legal instructions pertaining to shahita, uh, since as we saw in the beginning in Perik Aleph that. Uh, all that the Torah says is ka'asher and you shall slaughter as I have commanded you. But all of the details of that, of what it means that as I have commanded you, are all known only uh, via the oral Torah and not from the written Torah. And since these people do not believe in the oral Torah, they don't believe in the entire set of instructions pertaining to kosher slaughter. And therefore, since they don't believe in these laws, they're not trusted to say that we didn't mess up. Because uh, even if they know the laws, right, right even if they know that, uh, let's say, waiting, uh, uh, that we would think that waiting makes it prohibited, since they don't believe that, so they, they're not trusted to say we didn't wait. Rather, someone else has to watch them. And Israel Rabbeinu here gives uh, uh, some uh, uh, historical, uh, the historical progression of the laws of Shahita uh, in the generation of Matan Torah. Right? So when Israel were in the desert, uh, right, meaning uh, in throughout the, the 40 years that they were in the desert before uh, they entered into Israel and before Sefer Tebarim, when uh, Israel was in the desert, they were not commanded to do, shah, to do shahita, uh, to do this type of slaughter regarding hulin, regarding unsanctified meat. Uh, rather, they were allowed to uh, stab an animal in the chest uh, or they could slaughter and eat like all of the other goyim, right? They could do nehira, they could do shahita, they could do whatever they wanted, and then eat just like all of the non-Jews. And then when they were in the desert, uh, right, these are his pesukim from Vaikra, uh, Leviticus 17, pesukim 3 through 5. Uh, right, but when they were in the desert, right, and this is what is being brought in Vaikra, uh, in Leviticus chapter 17, when they were in the desert, uh, they were commanded that anyone who wants to slaughter may only slaughter shelamim, may only slaughter this type of korban, of shelamim. Uh, and he may not slaughter hulin, which is unsanctified meat. He may only say, slaughter sanctified meat of shelamim. As it says, uh, uh, right, a person of the house of Israel who wants to slaughter a an ox and so on and so forth must bring it to the entrance of the Ohel Mo'ed, right, which is uh, right the place of God at that time. The what will eventually, be, right, uh, what 
the Bet Mikdash is to the nation of Israel in Israel, Ohel Mu'ed was to the nation of Israel when they were still in the desert. Uh, right? Uh, so, uh, so that they will bring, right, this meat before God and slaughter the uh, Shilamim, the slaughterings of the Shilamim to God, right? So here we see that it's only about Shilamim. But a person, uh, right, so from here we see that Shahita is only per, uh, permitted to be done with Shilamim and not with Hulim. But a person who wants is permitted to just do Nahira, to stab a, uh, the animal in the chest and to eat when they were still in the desert. Right, uh, right. So, so a person who wants to stab and eat in the desert is allowed to stab and then eat. Right, he doesn't have to do shahita. And this commandment is not uh, does not last for all generations. Meaning, it's it's, it's not a it, it was a temporary uh, law. No, um, right. It, only, it was only for the generation of the desert alone at the time when Nehira was permitted, at the time when the stabbing was permitted. and they, but they were commanded there uh, that when they enter into Israel, right, and there, in this case, is in Devarim, meaning so that there was a period of time between uh, while they were there until they were about to enter into Israel, right, during that time is what Rabbeinu described in Dalit. And then as they were about to enter Israel in Devarim, right, when Moshe was giving them the speech before entering into Israel, they were commanded that when they will enter into Israel, the Nehira, uh, the stab, uh, like stabbing of, of animals, will become prohibited upon them. Uh, and that they may not eat, that they may only eat Hulin, they may only eat unsanctified meat, through shahita, through kosher slaughter, um, and that they may slaughter in all places uh, forever, except for the azara, except for uh, the area in the Maqdash and the temple. As it says, uh, when uh, when the Lord your God will expand your borders, right? So this is referring to the entering into Israel. And then, and you shall slaughter from your uh, uh, cattle and from your flock, which uh, the Lord has given you, right? Uh, right. So only when you enter into Israel, only when he expands your borders. And this is the commandment that uh, lasts for all generations, uh, that first you must uh, slaughter, and only then may you eat. And uh, this is the halakha as we have described it up until now. With that, we conclude chapter four of Ilkhot Shechitah.